Hey, hey, hey. First and foremost, to everyone that's listening, um, I just want to say before we get into this episode, it is Christmas Eve. So beforehand, I just want to say to everyone, Merry Christmas. Um, It's a special day, not just the holiday itself on the calendar, but when you know the truth of this day and what Jesus did and who Jesus was and is before he came down to here to be with man. He was always with God. And the sacrifice came because we were unclean. We're considered goats, unclean animals. Jesus is and was considered a lamb, pure, holy, untouched. That's why when God asked for offerings, it would always be the animals that were clean, blameless, uh, spotless, diseaseless, if that's a word. <laughs> um, no ailments, no impaired, impaired, impairedness, which is funny to me because it's like God still has a beautiful heart for all of us in our impurities. Even babies born with disabilities or ailments, God loves them and cherishes them just as much, if not more, than someone considered able-bodied. But all that to say, y'all, is I have a, I just woke up this morning. I wanted to say, before we get into the episode, for the people who are celebrating holidays alone, hang in there and know that you're not alone. Vessel here, me, I'm here celebrating it by myself, but we're going to get through this. This is not a freebie for Satan to come into your mind and attack you and take you away. We're not going to have that. I'm going to be praying for you. Two Free is going to be praying for you. Um, and the vision is going to be praying for you. All that wrapped in one vessel. But I just want to encourage you to hang in there and know that God chose you and God loves you. Even if the world sees you as unclean or unfit, God saw you first. God created you and God loved you. So again, Merry Christmas. Um, it's a special day that our Savior was born. Um, and it, it, it was all, all part of God's master plan. Um, we got to understand the mystery. Um, so let's go ahead and get into this next episode. And again, God bless and Merry Christmas. I've realized I'm a son of a king. I hope you've realized. Ain't nobody holding me down. Ain't nobody taking me out. Ain't nobody taking my soul away from me like, whoa, 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 yeah. Hey. Every time I mess up, yeah, he took me back. Every time I mess up, yeah, he pulled me back. Whoa, 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 yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 yeah. Every time I mess up, yeah, you pull me back. Every time I mess up, yeah, you took me back. Every time I mess up, yeah, you pull me back. Every time I mess up, yeah, you took me back. everybody welcome back to the waves podcast it's your guy vessel here this week on this experience i wanted to talk about a seven little word and it's called worship now when you hear the word worship i know that many people have their own idea of what worship is so being the guy that i am and the follower of christ and the disciple that i am I'm going to break it down for you guys a little bit in this episode. It's going to be maybe a little bit of a lengthy episode, but I'm going to keep you engaged. I'm going to keep you entertained. And we're going to do this because this is what the big homie told me I needed to do. So without further ado, let's get started. So when I think of the word worship or when I research the word worship um, to back my own definition of worship, worship is to give all give all okay so without using the Merriam-Webster dictionary I'm gonna give you my definition my definition of worship 
is what I spend most of my time thinking about, most of my time doing, most of my time engaging in, most of my time being invested in. So when I ask you guys, what do you worship or who do you worship? What is the first answer that comes to your mind? Like, really think about it. And it should be an easy question to where you don't really have to think about it because it's something you do every day all the time. Is it food? Do you worship food? Is it... Um, is it TV? Is it games? Whether it be video games, relational games, board games, just playing games. It... <laughs> Is it weed? Hey, we're going to keep it transparent and honest. Uh, your vessel here, yeah, there's times I've smoked weed, but is it something I worship? No. It's not something I do every day. It's not something that I think about. It's not something that I have to rely on. It's not something that I give my time to. Is it alcohol? Is it sex? Is it drama? Is it gossip? Is it work? Do you worship work? Do you, are you always at work, always working because you're trying to get money? Which on another, on the same token, that could be something that you worship as well. Or is it secular music? These are just a few examples, examples, guys, guys, to help try to guide you to narrow down what is it that you worship. And we're going to leave that question there. Because everything else I'm going to get to, we'll come back to that. And then that'll help you wonder, figure out, okay, well, what do I need to be putting down to worship what I really need to be worshiping? So the first thing I want to talk about, um, one of the things is it happens to be in, yo, it's just such a good day today. I'm so excited and so grateful to be doing this like when I tell you guys I wake up every day and I'm smiling and especially when I hear a songbird outside my window like I just I just give joy to God like I I know I may seem like on this side of the podcast I'm always joyful I'm always doing this I'm always this but like when I tell y'all it's 110% real grace and real joy because I'm so thankful for everything that God has done. And I'm going to talk about that later in the podcast too. Like, y'all, I've been working on this podcast for two weeks and I'm so excited to share with you guys because there's so much. So um, let's get back on track. So Exodus 23 tells us, you must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Let me stop right there. When it says, the part that really got me, you must not bow down to them or worship them. The first thing I thought about was the government or anybody trying to take away anybody's rights, anybody's freedoms. You don't worship. You do not have the right or the 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 expectation to worship anybody. That's not God. Now, there's many people out here that we choose many things out here that we choose to worship. Okay. We're not supposed to, but okay. But the fact of it is, is when it when it's being forced upon you to worship something, you have every right to withstand that because God says so right here. For I am the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. Think about the children we have now that are going through turmoil, who don't see God, who don't know of God because of what their parents did, because their parents refused. We got to be the generation where we can't do that no more. We cannot set our next generation up for God's wrath because we're refusing to obey and abide by his rules and regulations and commands. When Jesus's yoke is so easy to put on. 
So why are we still doing this? It's not fair to the next generations. And we are paying for the sins of our, our parents and their past generation. It stops right here. At least it stops with me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. And so it goes on to say, the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. Unborn innocent babies are now not going to have that connection or the love of Christ because of what we do right now here in this moment. It's not just a you're born and you die and that's it. You have work to do. You have work to do. I said it in one of my earlier podcasts in season two. Work versus job. Go check it out. This is serious, y'all. This is real. And I'm coming to you 110% of I've done my own research. Ezekiel 310. I've let this sit on my heart first and processed all this. And it's still processing. But it's also my job to share and edify to the world, to build the church, to build the people who don't know who God is yet, to edify the people who have, who are starting to lose hope that God is near, God is omnipresent, God is here. And so um, if we go, if we take a look at, if we take a look at Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Listen, y'all, when I tell y'all wake up every morning in big smiles, because it's just like, first, the, what really makes me smile is when God wakes me up before my alarm. Like the fact that so many Americans, so many people around the whole world, we rely on alarms to wake us up. But God woke me up. I've said this in an earlier podcast too. Like, this is so big to me. Like, God woke me up. God God never sleeps and is watching the whole world and everything and everybody at all times, 25-8. And now he's just like, all right, Vessel, time to get up. Get on up. You're not done yet. I got plans for you. I want you to represent me today. Will you do that? I'm not going to force you to, but I'm going to be standing right here hoping that you do. My God is the big homie. That's what I call God. I call him my big homie because we have that relationship. And so that's what I do. I don't worry about anything. Um, like, like when I didn't have a car this season, I wasn't worried about it because I knew my God had given me a promise and that it was going to come to pass. There's even situations right now floating around me that I know is not from God and I, all I'm doing is running to my big homie and saying, look, God, this is what's happening. I, I, I need you because I don't want this and I want to win and I want to overcome, overcome this. So I'm not, yeah, I got hiccups. So I'm not going to let this defeat me, but I'm also not going to cry because I know you've already given me the staff to split the Red Sea. Okay. Word up to Moses. <laughs> um, so I, it, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So most of the times before I even come to God about something, I thank him for all he has done. Because when I look back in hindsight, all the little stuff, I was talking about this with one of my good buddies. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, all this past year, all of the all the little mountains and all the little dark crevices that I kept falling in, all the darkness that surrounded me, all the rain, all the gray clouds, none of it made sense in the journey while I was doing it. None of it. But each time as I was going through it, I kept hearing the word tell me, you misunderstand the mystery. You don't know God's whole picture. If you knew everything, then there would be no need for faith. Then there would be no existence of God. Then there would be no existence. Well, I'm I'm not going to say no existence of God because I don't know that. That's speaking above God's name. But what I would say is God is the epitome of faith. You know, hoping for what you haven't seen yet, but is yet to come. If we didn't have, if we knew the whole picture and the whole story, we wouldn't have faith. God wants our faith. He wants our heart. And so I thank God for everything that he's done. So in this whole year, all of it, none of it made sense to me. The, the nights I was in tears, the, the pain, the turmoil, the regrets, none of it made sense. 
And but let me tell you how God's picture that he paints is so perfectly created. Listen. Okay, so before I got my car, uh, let me take you all the way back to the beginning of the year. So at the beginning of the year, I didn't have a job. And my only options was to have a job was to work at the Dollar Tree that was right next to my house or not have a job. So I was like, God, really? $7.35 an hour and I have a $400 car payment plus insurance, which I ain't worried about. I will ride around without insurance. <laughs> Y'all forgive your brother. Um, and then I was just like, uh, a $600 house payment. So what am I going to do? God, off seven thirty-five an hour and they're only giving me 20 hours a week. So I get up and I keep doing it. So then I was just like, okay, God, I don't want to go back into the food industry. I know there's money there a little bit, but I do not want to do it. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Please don't make me do it. And then God was just like, okay, fine, then starve. I'm not going to let you starve, but struggle. I'm not going to really let you struggle either, but be defined if you want to. <laughs> so then I get up and then I start working at Outback, uh, Outback Steakhouse, which is like 3.4 miles away from my house. So I start walking to and from. Oof, man. When I tell you when I started working there, they had me on the blooming onions, making me do the dirtiest and the most complicated and most busy part of any of the entrees while everybody else got to stand around on the line and just slop food on a plate i'm over there having to dust these onions fry them flip them and they have to be perfectly done like how many times i've messed up onions i've messed up more pieces of glass cutting at lowe's or let me let me do it i've messed up less pieces of cutting glass at lowe's working than i did with these onions so many of these onions had to get tossed listen it wasn't for me and then one day they had me scrubbing the oil fryer down all by myself the two oil fryers all down by myself with the oil still hot they they didn't drain it nothing I said I'm not doing this I said no like y'all got me messed up I said I'm out I said God I'm stepping out on faith you're gonna have to do something else but before that before before what had happened was before I had got that job I had an interview at the Cheesecake Factory and I was just looking around, looking at how people treat each other, how the servers were acting. I was just like, this ain't for me. I don't want this. No. So then I go to my second interview and then I get the job at Outback, which was a win for me because I didn't have a job. I was like, OK, yes, yes, yes. God, I got it. Twelve dollars an hour. That's fine. I got this. So then, like I said, I was there for four days. It was not working for me and I bounced. And so. I went back to the Cheesecake Factory as I was walking home. It was like 46 degrees outside. It was freezing. And I'm calling, and I'm calling the Cheesecake, and I'm just like, hey, yada, 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 woo, 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 woo. And they're like, okay, come in for another interview. Came in, got the job, did that for, what, almost six months? It was great because I started out in the kitchen, then I ended up being a busser doing the, like, when people ask me, why'd you go do a busser? Well, for one, that was immediate tips every night, and for two, it put me in a humbling humbling position to serve other people like it was at the lowest of the totem pole and i could feel i could feel i could feel that people looked down on me because i was a buster because they thought i was just a child that did a job that wasn't worth any type of pay but they didn't know i was 30 years old 29 years old going on 30 and that i had all this vast experience and education behind me but nobody cared to listen nobody asked so i didn't say anything but i also knew that wasn't the end for me so from there, um, at that job, I met two really cool people. Erica, she was on one of my podcasts. I was just, just did one of her uh, episode on just one of her podcasts. Her podcast is on Anchor called The E-Movement. It's also on Spotify. And um, I met her. Then I met Evan. I met him at uh, Cheesecake Factory. We were supposed to do a podcast together, and we did do one, but he didn't like how it sounded. So I still have it, but I've never posted it out of respect for him. Um but he had a birthday party and he invited me and it, I was so giddy because I've never been to a birthday party. <laughs> so I went and I met two of his friends, a uh, husband and a wife. And we just really hit it off. We started talking about two free, my vision and, uh, and their vision and what they're doing and stuff. Tell me why I'm at work one day. Right. And she, she asked me and she's like, barely even know this woman or her husband. And she asked me, she's like, what time do you get off work? And I tell her, 
because I was all coming to get you. I was like, well, you live way on the east side. You don't have to do that. I'm fine. I'll ride the bus home. She's like, no, I'm coming to get you. And she came and got me. But before that, the day before, she told me to look at this business called Do a Big Automotive. I was like, okay, because I had tried a lot of other dealerships to try to get a car, and they were all playing with me and discrediting me and looking down on me. So I did that. So that's how my current car came to me. I already knew I was going to get this car. I wanted this car. I said, God, this is the car I want. She pulled up and she was like, you know, I honestly came to get you not to take you grocery shopping or to take you home. I actually was going to take you to my house to give you my old car. I was like, what? (laughs) No way. And she said, but, but, but the thing is, I wouldn't have felt comfortable giving it to you. I was going to give it to you out of necessity, but I would have felt bad because I've been driven in months and the oil keeps disappearing. And there's a few lights that keep coming on the dashboard. I said, but I appreciate you. I really do. So then after that, here we are. But it's funny because everything that I went through from those jobs, from losing certain relationships, from all the stuff that didn't make sense to me at the time, God was already orchestrating this painting and I couldn't see it because I was looking through the knot hole of my pain. Now, when I look back, I see that every move that God made for me, whether the situation was bad, he spun it for good. Whether he planned it, it planned for me. Like all of it makes sense now. Like what what is happening in your situation right now does not make sense. I know it. I've been there, baby. I know it. But give it a little time and keep going. And then at the end, when you start breathing, when you start seeing the sunlight and you give joy to God for every little thing, like when the bird sings, when the light turns green, when there's extra food on your plate, everything is a blessing and you just give God praise. Like, I'm telling you, I'm not playing with you. I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. I'm serious. But I'm saying it all makes sense to me now. And so when it was like, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's what I did. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. That's what I do. Like my friend Alex told me too, not too long ago when I was in my season, she said, before you get out of bed, you need to pray about everything. Before you go into work, pray about work. When you, before you go do anything for anybody or whenever you make a decision or whenever you do anything, you should always pray to God first because God created you. God knows. It's like God is, it's not like it. Hold on, let me re-say that whole thing. God is within you. So whatever you do, whatever decisions you make, God is with you. So speak to him. Talk to him. And um, so I wanted to share that. Uh, Moving on to the next topic. So when we were talking about worshiping, right? And let me give you a few examples of people who worship that are true worshipers like they can give you an example of a worshiper now if we had that same type of zeal and energy when it came to god the world would not be in the place that it's in so we got people like especially girls at these pop concerts right having these physical bodily responses to what and who they're worshiping okay let's take for example i've only ever been to one concert in my life and it was out of pure curiosity um, because at the time I really was feeling the vibe of Katy Perry and her personality and her energy and just, I wasn't a fanboy, but I admired her. So she came down here to Tulsa one time and I went to the concert. Let me tell you, the concert was trash because I was sold on the fact of watching her do her prismatic world tour. And I was like, man, look at these theatrics, look at her movement, look at her choreography, look at her, the colors, look at the, look at everything. It's all great. It's all great and dandy. Then I get to the Witness concert at the BOK Center, and I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? But anyway, I'm looking around, looking at all these people, and they're crying, snobbing, like, screaming, and falling out, and I'm just like, wow. Because I think it's so beautiful how one person can bring thousands together. One person can bring thousands together, and that's the beauty of a platform. They're all there for you because you're doing something that gives them life. And so you got them having these physical bodily responses to what they worship. But Katy Perry is just a human. Why are we not doing this for God? Another example. You got men at games, like football games, mainly, or any type of sport, cheering and repping their team with paint on their bodies and so much pride 
that they get into physical altercations over these sports. Now, let me tell you, Vessel has never been into sports, really. I just think it's such a waste of time and money, and that could just be used for other stuff. Now, the sport is beautiful. People put a lot into their sports. That's beautiful. If I could play sports, I'd be rocking that. If that was my talent, I'd be rocking that. But what I'm saying is, we worship it too much. Um, You got people getting into fights. People have died over a game. Can you imagine, can you, can you just slow down and put yourself in this perspective of, let's say you're a 24 year old at a concert or at a, at a football game and these are just random people. And then you got a 35 year old, um, heavier set guy that is got blue and red, blue on one side of his face, red on the other, and he's eating a hot dog. Then the 24 year old is yelling, oh yeah, go, 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 go. Let's throw a name out there. Uh, I know sport teams, but I'm not going to name any. I'm going to throw one together. Oh, ZU. Or some shit. <laughs> some shoot. Some shoot. Some shoot. Some stuff. Uh, go ZU. And then you got the guy with the hot dog and the blue and red face. He's just like, F U Z U. F U Z U. And then they start getting into a brawl. And the guy with the hot dog picks up the 24 year old and throws him over the bleachers and he breaks his neck and he dies. Yeah, it's real like that. Like, (laughs) listen, they get into these physical altercations over these sports. And I just want to know, I have the question is, how does that benefit you? You you go into a game repping and giving all this energy. How does that benefit you in any shape or form in your life? Because once the game is over, then what? The best you can do is tweet or Facebook about it. Or go to a a, a a bar afterwards to celebrate. Then you go home and go to sleep. Then what do you do? Like, how does it benefit you seeing a team win? It, it, it literally gives you no type of benefit. I mean, you feel good because your team won. You may have bet on that team and now you've come out monetarily better. But what has it done for you? And now someone's dead. Just like for the recent, um, um, and I'm going to have another guy on my podcast in a few weeks. Uh, his name is Kyler. He's super awesome. One of my cool, cool dudes. Um, and we were talking about it in like this, this Travis Scott concert. Like I said, they should have left that where it was when the album dropped years ago. They should have left it where it was. And then you bring this. There is no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in many people's mind that that was some satanic stuff. The Illuminati is real. There are people who are, I'm not even, this is not even what this is about, but it's real, y'all. It is very real. Very, very, very real. And so, it just doesn't benefit you. But when you go to worshiping God, it's a little different. So, I'm going to ask again. What do you spend the most time pondering on, doing, or giving the majority of your time to? That is what and who you worship. Romans 125. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. Who is worthy of eternal praise? Amen. I also have this... uh, if I can pull it up here real quick here. Romans 1. It's in the same book. It says. So for the people out here, the atheists, the people who don't believe, the people who claim to be spiritual and all that good stuff. It says in Romans 1:19, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And that touches another nerve for me. When people drop the C-H-R-I-S-T Christ off miss and put X, 
for one, you shouldn't even be using that term. You should call it a whole nother holiday because you don't just get to come through here and disrespect and erase Christ from Christmas and act like you don't know who God is because you know who God is when you erase Christ. Christ. I'm not about to play with you. I'm not. I'm not. But it's not about me. And so, essentially, they traded the truth for a lie and worshipped other things. Leviticus 26.1 Do not make idols or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. Let me tell y'all something. So, y'all, two weeks ago, I saw I was in the break room at work, and they're always watching the news and these reality TV shows and this stuff. And you know, I go in my in the break room, open my locker, grab my little Lowe's vest on, and get on about it. I don't spend the time in that break room. Uh, for one, it's always too crowded. It stinks. People don't be wearing their mask. <gasps> get on up out of there. Man, anyway, I saw Wendy Williams. Um, they have did a wax sculpture in New York City of Wendy Williams. Of all people, Wendy Williams. So she paid a lot of money to have a wax sculpture of her. And it just made me think, do not make idols or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. There's people who worship Wendy Williams. Let that sink in. (laughs) Um... Yeah. <laughs> and so then, uh, yeah, I'm going through a bunch of different different verses and then I'm adding my own stuff into it. So I hope you're still engaged and entertained because this is good stuff here. So then Luke 4 says, Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Plain and simple. That's that white rice with no sugar, but maybe a slice of butter. That's it. That's the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. All you have is all you need. You don't need that sugar. You got the rice. Keep it pushing. And so what I wrote is worship isn't about you or the bond or the songs that you're singing. It's about carving out time in our busy lives, responding to who our God is and what he's done for us. I said I said again, what he's done for us, that is the true epitome of worship is giving God praise and talking back with God and having a relationship and crying out to God and speaking and singing to him about what he's done for you not necessarily what he can do for you because that's where people get it mixed up I asked God for this and he didn't do this well God's not a genie but try it the other way thank God for what he has done and see then what he gives to you it's about a deep inner spirit response you know sometimes when you go to church or when you're in an arena or when you're even in your car or where you're when you're at home by yourself and you start listening godly music now the first couple songs may not make you do any of this stuff but you're starting to receive it but say the third song comes on like jesus is alive that's one of my favorite songs oh and then another one of my favorite songs is the word is alive and it's by the collective and when I hear this song, y'all, I immediately, and I always used to question myself, but not really question it. I kind of just let the spirit fill me. When I start listening to godly music, I start swaying. My body starts moving and I'm, it's not so much keeping tempo or rhythm like you would to a regular beat of a song. It's like you're just being swayed like a tree in a light breeze. You start swaying. Um... You start crying. You start singing. And some people, when you go to church or when you're around, you'll see some people with their hands in their pocket or the people that are spectating or the people who will walk out of church and be like, I really wasn't feeling the song, so I didn't really worship today. But again, like I said, worship isn't about you or the bond or the songs that you're singing. It's about carving out time in our busy lives, responding to who our God is, and what he's done for us. It's about a deep inner spirit response. So keep God at the forefront of everything. He needs and has to be 
he needs and has to remain at the center of our vision. And then I put in parentheses right here, y'all, because you know the name of my clothing store is Bara, B-A-R-A. It's the Hebrew word meaning uh, created with God at the center. And I, when I was going through my, my study, I was like, wow, God, that's funny that you gave me. That's no, not funny. That's beautiful that you gave me the word for my story long ago and that Hebrew word. And now I'm able to tie it into this now. God at the center of our vision. God at the center of my vision, the two free vision. Bara. So and then one of the, the verses that I know by heart is Matthew 6.33. And it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So if you're seeking the kingdom of God, living righteously, talking to God, carving out time, worshiping God, thanking God for what he has done, you're already doing the first part of Matthew 6.33. Then God comes through like he always does and fulfills his promises and he gives you everything you need. God already knows everything you need before you even ask for it. You hear me? He already knows. But there's this, there's this line in this movie called The Shack and it's about God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus. All in human form. And one of the things that Holy Spirit says is uh, when when uh, when Mackenzie asks, if you guys already know what I'm going to say or what I'm thinking, then why do I need to say it? And they say, yes, true. The Holy Spirit says, yes, true. We already know what you're going to say, but we love to hear it from you. Think about it. You create a child. You create something. You want to hear what they want. You don't want to assume or just make all the decisions for him. You want to hear from your child. So that has always stuck with me too. He will give you everything you need. He already knows what you need, but he wants to hear you ask for it. It may not come on your time. It may not come when you think you need it. But when I tell you my story this year, everything came right on time, right on time. Literally the day before uh, I got my car, I, I did a video, a music video, and I was singing to the, the song called Hope by... Uh, What's his name? Let me look him up real quick. Just real quick. Let me give me just a second to look him up. Because I think you guys should listen to this song. Okay, so I found the name of that song. Um, <clears throat> the name of that song is Hope by Jonathan Trailer. And I had did a little video, um, a little Snapchat video of me singing to it more so lip singing but I knew all the words <laughs> but um I wanted I wanted people to hear what he was saying but he was just like saying you know my hope I have infinite hope because of what God has done for me and like even when the adversary tries to come and knock me when the naysayers come and talk that talk like they forget about the one thing that they can't kill they, the one thing they can't demolish and that's my hope my hope is within Jesus. My hope is within the promises that God has already given me. Hope. So check out that that song, y'all, y'all. It will do wonders for you. It's called Hope by Jonathan Trailer. And so, um, the next thing, Colossians three seventeen. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. When I wake up in the morning. I say, thank you, Jesus. I have a full, able body. All my organs are working just as fine as they were yesterday. Like the fact that I went to sleep and I didn't have to worry about breathing or my body temperature being regulated or my central nervous system doing anything. Like all I had to do was sleep. God <laughs> took care of me the rest of the night. Like like I say this a lot, y'all. I don't have an alarm system in my house and I probably shouldn't say that, but that's okay because you know what? Again, God is my protector and my provider. But God monitored me all night safely. And uh, I, I wake up every morning. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Even when I hear a songbird, like I have my hearing. Uh, when, I be, when I'm able to wake up and get in my Bible study and be able to read, I have my vision. When I'm able to smell, ooh, it's time to take a shower. It smells like bed and breath in my room. Ooh, I have my sense of smell. Like <laughs> when I'm able to taste my funk breath because I've been asleep all night. Ooh, I'm able to taste. So it's like, I'm very grateful for all the things that God has given me. And because all I have is all I need. And so, like I said, the day before I had did that video, before I got my car, I didn't even know that the car was coming. The day afterwards, I get the car. And um, I there is this girl I met at the Tulsa Dream Center because um, I volunteer there on the, on the weekends. And her name is Niani. 
a very beautiful girl, so beautiful. But anyway, she was telling me her story. And um, when we first got there, I noticed that she had like a, a like a lavender colored like hair tie in her hair and she was wearing a lavender represent t-shirt. I was like, oh, that's cool. She, she can match. That's real cute, whatever. I really, it really stands out to me when people's colors on them coordinate. And so then as we sat down, we were eating she told me the story about how God woke her up that morning. When I tell you y'all, these stories are so true. When God talks to us and when God really does set up our day and set up everything as a masterpiece for him. And then we realize it later, it happens. So she told me she had got up and she had an orange TC shirt and a purple one. She was going to wear the orange one. But she said, Holy Spirit tells her to put the purple one on. And she says, okay. So then she gets to work or gets to the volunteer center and they have lavender disposable gloves. And she was like, whoa. And she needed to put her hair up and she put one in and she just said, she heard Holy Spirit say, all you have is all you need. And I said, come through, come through. Yo, God, will, our God will always provide everything we need. He will never let the righteous be forsaken. And that is a type of love that the world cannot give you. The world cannot take away from you. Like, I feel like I'm shielded from this world because I'm in the light, in the love of God. And... I'm not afraid of this world or nothing in it. Y'all better come through. You better go tell somebody who think they about it to come up to me because my guy got me the big homie. Listen. And so uh, giving our all to God who created us, giving our all to the God, the God, capital T, the God who created us. So, for instance, y'all remember the story where Abraham was reluctant to sacrifice his son Isaac to God because God had promised that for many years that Isaac or had promised Abraham, you and your wife will have a you would you and your wife will have a child. Well, at this time they were way past childbearing, and then God, on God's time, <laughs> don't mistake the mystery of the journey. Enjoy the journey. But God was just like, here's your son. Okay. So then God says, bring me your son as a sacrifice. Now, Abraham was reluctant. He says, my firstborn, my only born, the only son. And look how old I am. Like, I'm not going to get to see my son and his full potential. But God was testing him to see if he trusted him. Because we forget and we don't mention this. God already did it. John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, so that for whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Jesus was blameless, pure, and holy. Yet he came down to die for everybody's sin so that we're not bonded to sin anymore. So yeah, every day we may sin. Even your boy Vessel still struggles with things that are considered sin every day. And I, I've, I've accepted that that's a struggle I'm going to have with, my, with every day of my life. But you know what? My God sees it. And every day I give it back to my God. And that's, that's all I can do. That's all I'm expected to do. And so he sent his son down for us on a maybe. Think about that. On a maybe they'll love me. On a maybe they'll do right. On a maybe they'll see the prize and the promises that I have set for them. In my last episode, I said the world is 30% good, 70% evil. And that's not just human beings. That's institutions resources, um, stigmas, perspectives, that all ties into whether it's evil or good as well. And so he did it. Reluctantly, he took his son up there. And as soon as he did it and obeyed, a ram comes out of a bush and God says, I'll take that as a sacrifice. Get your son off the altar. Get your son off the table. So it's like sometimes it may seem so daunting, like God is asking you to do something that you know is not what you want to do. And you resist and you resist and you resist. When I was about to get my car repossessed, I tried to hide it. I took the tag off of it. I tried to figure out how to take the computer chip out of it if it had one. I tried everything to hang on to that car. And at the end of the day, they still came and got it. And then after that, I remember reading a verse. I don't know where it is. I wrote it down in one of these books somewhere around here. It says, God says, when someone tries to take something from you, don't try to get it back. I didn't try to get it back. I mean, I had put value into that car, a whole new audio system, rims, aesthetics, tech stuff. Like I, I souped up that car 
And they took it from me. And God said, when they take things from me, don't try to get it back. Tell me why eight months, 11 months later, God gave it back to me, a better car, fully loaded things that I used to dream of, of having in a car. Like God knows what I like. I tell you, God knows you. God created you. God knows what you like. (laughs) It's like God is a billion, hundred thousand, million different strands of light and personality and he gives everyone he creates, he gives them one strand. And from that one strand, we grow and prosper into who we are supposed to be within his life. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, carrying on, carrying on. Um, so worship looks like spending an intense hour, maybe every day, or maybe not even every day, but spending time in quiet time, listening and speaking to the big homie. That's what I call my God. I call him the big homie. Or it could be as simple as anything you do, like literally anything. Um, Driving, dancing, rehearsing, sports, speeches, seminars, parenting, teaching, giving, anything you do, you should be worshiping God in that. And what I mean by worshiping is giving thanks to God for it. Because because of God, you get to do the things that you do. Give thanks to God for what you get to do. Because once you give thanks to God for what you get to do before you do it, it happens so much better while you're doing the art. Things become better. Things become vibrant. Things grow. Things become more established. Like you perform better. Um, So the big key here is worship is to give thanks to God for what he's done. And have hope for the promises that he's already given you. So what does worship look like? What could it look like? Or. Yeah. I got a few more things to say, y'all, and then we're going to wrap it up. But this is good stuff. It says it could look like this is what I wrote. It could look like befriending that friend or coworker that everyone else makes fun of. Judges, undervalues or disrespects and or discredits. Because I know God loves What did I write here? I said I know God loves them Oh, okay, I'm sorry I'm so so sorry Okay, it says Let me back it up a little bit It says Befriending that friend or co-worker That everyone else makes fun of Judges, undervalues, or disrespects And or discredits Because I know God loves that kid Like he loves everyone else. And I I feel like I'm in that. You know, I've been that kid. Um, but now I'm that kid, that person that befriends that kid. Or it could be leading your siblings, guiding your friends amid peer pressure, all to pursue the way God desires you to live. Worshiping God, thinking about God every day, all the time. I'm going to tell you something. After I read this one little paragraph right here for me, because worship between I and God is different than anyone else is thinking about him often. I love God, y'all. I love him so much. Thinking about him often, paying attention to the things God is doing in my life and getting excited about them and sharing that excitement with others. I get so happy when I'm able to tell my testimony and share that excitement with other people because it's sometimes it's too much excitement for me. Like it's just bubbling out of me. Like I'm like, it's just a waste. Like it's just bubbling out of me and hitting the ground when this bubbling, beautiful transformation love from God can be touching someone else. Like, (laughs) like, come on now. So it's like putting God at the beginning, thanking him for what he's done. And having hope for what he's going to do. That's true worship. Being swayed. Feeling the music. That will all come. Once you get in the spirit. And allow Holy Spirit. To come into you. And to surround you. To give you peace and presence. And get in a mindset of just. Hearing God. And talking to God. When nobody else is watching. And eventually you'll get to the point like me. I'm getting to the point where. I start talking to God out in public. People think I'm talking to myself. That's fine because you know what? This is between my God and I. You want to join the conversation? Come on over here. We'll join. I'll introduce you two if you don't know each other. 
But worshiping God isn't a task. It's a lifestyle. It isn't something that, oh, I got to get home. I got to read my Bible. I got to worship. I got to get in my word. I got to do this. It's not a daily task. It's a lifestyle. You do it because your heart beats. You do it because it's a lifestyle and something that you are to do every day. You eat every day. You breathe every day. You take a shower every day. I hope you use the restroom every day. I would think you brush your teeth every day. I really hope you do. But you live your life every day. So every day, worshiping God should be your lifestyle. Like I said, it's time to educate and wake up. It's time to grow up. It's time to stop drinking that baby milk and go on. Four more verses, y'all, and I'm done because this has been real. Um, But I think all these verses are really going to help y'all find where you need to be and so forth. So Romans 12, 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to Christ. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. One more time. Romans 12:1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because for all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. If you guys don't know what the Ten Commandments are or where they're at, they're in Exodus 20. Now, has someone asked me up until last week, if someone had asked me my whole life, what is the Ten Commandments and where they're written? I knew of the Ten Commandments. I wouldn't have been able to recite all of them, and I wouldn't even know what book they were in. But I'm telling you, Vessel is telling you that they're in the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Can't miss it. There's a bunch of beautiful stuff in there. Go ahead, check that out. So, um, next thing, 2 Timothy 2.21. If you keep yourself pure... And you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. One more time. Second Timothy 2.21. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. Can you imagine, friends? Can you imagine that... You doing this, living your life righteously, doing the good works that you know you're supposed to be doing and having God at the center and you are just living that blessed life of loving God. I would say Christianity, even though I'm a Christian, but I know a lot of people have the stigmas against what Christianity is. All I know is that for Christianity, that means putting God first, loving everyone else and making sure that I'm standing on my word. That's my definition of Christianity. If that works for you, go ahead. That's fine. If not... All right, that's fine too. But how beautiful is that to know that this, your life, you're preparing it in a way to where you're clean because you're abiding by the word, you're clean, you are living your life holy, and one day you're going to be used for honorable use, a, a use that our minds as humans, we cannot, we cannot imagine. Can you imagine something that you can't imagine? Like, think about it. Once we dissipate from here. And we've done what we're supposed to do with 2 Timothy 2.21 just just, uh, recited. God's going to use us in his kingdom for something that we never could have imagined. I'm trying to imagine what God would use me for. Like it says, it says in the NLT, it says utensil. So when I think of utensil, I'm like, okay, a fork, a spoon, a knife, uh, 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 a ladle. But when we get up there, it's going to be a different type of utensil. I could be uh, a gate soldier or I could be among the highest and have my own kingdom and be a king. Or I could be a, 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 a what what is it? A, a, a cup bearer. I could be doing any of these numbered things that God sees are perfect for me and being used for honorable use, not a slave. But honorable use. God said when we were freed 
from slaves, he no longer, Jesus said he no longer calls us slaves anymore because we're within his fold now. So we are now his friends. He shares these things with us because we are his friends. If we were slaves, he wouldn't share his words with us, his parables, his knowledge, his teachings. So that to me is beautiful. Like keeping yourself pure so you could be a special utensil for honorable use. So you'll be ready for the master to use for every good work. <laughs> that is beautiful. Last one, y'all. Isaiah 43, 4. This right here is my most favorite. And it I would put this on my headstone. <laughs> I love this verse because I feel like it is an intimate paragraph from God straight to I. Straight to my heart. It is so beautiful, y'all, when I recite this. So here we go. Isaiah 43, 4, it says, Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me and you are honored and I love you. Every time I read that, I feel tears well up in my eyes because it's like no one in my life as a human has ever made me feel so loved whether it be verbiage, whether it be gifts, whether it be things that they do, but hearing it from God's words that others were given in exchange for me. So when I when I look at these COVID rates, when I look at these wars, when I look at all the people who come before me that have died, nonsensical deaths, I think others were given in exchange for me, which means I have a purpose. God chose me again today for a reason. Those lives can't be a waste. And then I read the second line. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me and you are honored. God chose me above these other lives, even though he loves them. Because I am precious to him and I am honored. I've never heard those words spoken to me in my life. God's love is such a different type of unconditional love. A love that humans cannot imitate or duplicate. And the last line, I love you. So when it's all bleak, when it's all dark, when none of it makes sense, when you feel like hell storms are just raining down on you and you can't find shelter, God is your shelter. And he loves you. And I also want to share this with you guys. Just because things are happening and they're bad, that does not mean God orchestrated it. Now, God can make very good come out of unspeakable bad things. But sometimes God is there as your comforter, but just not in the way that as humans, we believe comfort to be like coddling and holding and making everything better and pulling you out of situations. Sometimes him him comforting you is allowing you to go through it because he know you can withstand it even though it's rough it's hard but God sees you he knows you he created you and he knows you can withstand it but you got to put on the body suit body armor of God you know the body armor of righteousness the shield of faith to stop Satan's fiery arrows especially when God has already told you who you are what you can do that shield has got to be up You got to wear your belt of truth, put on your shoes of good peace. Okay, put on that helmet of salvation. Am I missing any? We got the shield. We got the we got the belt. We got the body armor. We got the salvation. We got the we got the uh, shoes and up the sword, the word of God, Holy Spirit. I also believe I've been in my reading and I believe that the Bible, everything that's in it. I believe that is the word of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Bible because it convicts you. It reads you as just as much as you read it. Jesus is the son. He came down here to redeem the world. He came down here to walk with us, to teach us the ways. And God is the father in heaven sitting on his throne where Jesus now sits on his right hand side. Holy Spirit is the last one here with us. Holy Spirit is all we got. He is the intercession between God and us. So cherish that moment, cherish that, 
Remember everything that Jesus taught you and is teaching you. And let's all continue to edify into one another. Teach each other. Proverbs 17, 17. Or is it Proverbs 27, 17? Don't hold me against that because I get those two mixed up all the times. But what it says is the iron sharpens iron as a friend sharpens a friend. Like, do life in community and do it with the community that is going to take you farther. Do it with godly other individuals, people who aren't perfect, but people who love God and has God at the center. Bara. Thank you guys for tuning in to Waves. God bless you. And I hope that you find your freedom. And I hope that God spills peace all over your life. And I hope that this podcast did amazing things for you. Till next time, y'all. Peace. This is Waves Podcast, an experience created by Two Free. Here, our vision is just to serve God first and edify those around us. Simply put, to love, share, and encourage through transparency, honesty, and testimony. Live Two Free. Thanks for being a part of this experience, and I hope and I pray that you'll find your freedom. That's too free. Thank you.